0: Log Talk Radio. That the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. That's the word of the Lord. That's the scripture for today, even though we know that our foundational scripture is and will be until God says differently, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so I'm going to ask Minister Sylvia if she will pray for our program, pray for our fathers that are here and those that have transitioned on, and to also pray for Minister Margaret as she continues to um, walk in her journey of healing. Minister Sylvia, are you available for prayer? Yes, I am.
1: Father God, we come to you on this morning, God, asking you to open up our hearts and our mouths, asking you to teach us how to come before your throne and come before you in order for you to hear our prayer. God, as we pray today, we would like to pray your word back to you, God, as we ask you to pray for healing for Minister Margot to pray for healing for the fathers that are in the home but yet not in their right mind. For the fathers that are not in the home but would love to come back to the home. God, we ask you to just touch their hearts and their minds. Touch the fathers that do not even want to play the role but they want to be in the position to say they're a dad. God, God touched their hearts and their minds; that they would come back to you, in order to be the father that's needed in this world, whether it's a stepfather, a true father, a godfather, a biological father, a grandfather. God, God, whatever role they play, we ask you to touch their hearts that they would walk 100% into that road. God, you said we have not because we ask not. You said that if we come to you, we could come fully before your throne. We could ask you for whatever it is that we want, God. God, you said you is a strong tower that we could run to you, oh God. God, you said that let everything that have breath praise you, oh Lord. God, this is your word. Your word says that you are an awesome God. You are a jealous God. You are a troubled God. But it said you are a loving, rebuilding. You are a God of love. God, you said that we could just come before you. You said that we could worship you in spirit and truth. God, you said that you was our father. You is our Redeemer, our Restorer, our Healer. You said you was our God. God, we just want to be your people. God, you said you don't have a place in you that we can't come to. And we're asking you for healing. We're asking you for power. We're asking you for wisdom. God, we just come before you on today, God. Asking you to put a praise down in us, God. That every time we pray, God, we're not praying for my wants, needs, and wishes. But we're praying your word back to you, oh God. Asking you to teach us how to ask you for your heart. Teach us to... See people the way you see people. Teach us to speak life into people the way you speak life into us. Teach us to love the way you love, oh God. Teach us to not be wanting for the world, but to be wanting for you, oh God. God, we don't have what we need because we need you and we don't have you 100% in our hearts, oh God. Those of us, oh Lord, that don't even understand it, we need to be 100% focused on you. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you for everything that's being done. God, we thank you that you get let us get to see and hear about what it is if we don't choose you I was hearing what the weather is in Florida and Texas, the double digits, the triple-digit numbers of the heat. Oh, God, we can't take the heat here. What are we going to do later? Teach us how to seek you day and night, God. Teach us how to seek you early that we may find you, oh, Lord. Teach us how to seek you and ask you, Lord, what is my assignment? Lord, what is it that you may have me to do through this life? God, teach us how to say, what do you say, God? Teach us how not to worry about who's calling our name, who's saying this about us, who's saying that. But, God, teach us how to put respect on your name. Teach us, oh Lord. I would start our prayers off, and then our prayers were saying, I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I desire to please you, O Lord, to serve you, O Lord, to come before your throne daily, every day, saying, forgive me, God, for whatever sin I've done, to bring shame unto your name, to bring shame unto the kingdom. God, teach Teach us how to recognize you are our Lord and Savior and that without you, there's nothing we can do that will be successful. God, teach us how to ask you for wisdom. Teach us wisdom, oh Lord. Teach us how to just say, God, what do you say? Not me. Again, God, what do you say? Not me. Again, God, what do you say? say? And we in your word that it say different from what you say, oh God. Not what people said your words say, but teach me how to find it for myself in your word. That I can say it says different from what you say. In Jesus' name we pray these things. It's so, and so it is in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen, Amen. Thank you for that prayer. Minister Celia Well, I'm not quite sure how long we're going to be on Father's Because, um, as we know, we have a day in America called Father's Day But yet that day is daily And many of us um, forget that So, I'm going to start off today's Let's Talk with a story So please be patient with me And I pray that you will see how this all connects in the end. So I saw two separate videos about one incident. And in one, the narrative was telling how a son shot a man in cold blood. And yet it was not the entire whole story. And yet I received another one from a family loved one where it was supposed to be the beginning of the same incident. And in this incident, it had a different perspective because it was supposed to be somewhere along the beginning of the incident where the young man who was shot, something that happened. And so this young man was somebody's son. By the way, he may have even been someone's brother, someone's father, someone's uncle, someone's nephew, or something more. He was shot and he was killed and according to both narratives, fact that this young man elected to beat a woman, to disrespect her, to do her wrong. Many said in their comments that he got what he deserved. Others said the woman's son that supposedly shot him was merely protecting his mother. But yet when I saw the narrative, my heart was overwhelmed. I cried for the man that was beating the woman, and yet I cried for the son of the woman that was being beat, and yet I cried again for the woman that was being beat, and yet I cried again for all of the people that just stood around recording it or ignoring it. And once again, I cried again for those that did not even intervene to help the woman the men, the women, the boys, the girls, the owners of the restaurants, the workers, whoever was there. I cried for the woman, because in this narrative, it showed how somebody failed to show that man who was beating the woman and I do mean he was beating, how to respect and honor a woman, or how that man elected to ignore the lesson that he was taught on honoring and respecting women. And I wondered, where was this man's parents? Where was, and did he have positive role models? Where was his father? Where was his mother? Where was his mind? And where was even his heart that allowed him to wail so mercilessly on this lady in front of her teenage son and the crowd of perfect strangers and more? And lastly, Was this how he was taught to treat women and to act towards women? Or was he just saying what he said to her? He kept saying to her, if you keep on talking, I'm going to knock you out. He just kept saying that to her. If you keep on talking, I'm going to knock you out. Some people said she was talking to him about jumping the line. Some people said she was basically trying to explain why she had a problem with him jumping the line. But by the way, who gave him the authority and the audacity to not only tell the woman that he would knock her out, but to even try to do it. this, woman that was a mother, this woman that was a human being in the first place. I ask, where was his covering? Where was this man's covering? Where was his father figure? Where was his mother figure? And why didn't he even know Jesus Christ? Because if he knew Jesus Christ in his knowing. As his Lord and his Savior, would he have been out of control the way he was? Because this man truly, really needed God on this day. Why? Because his rash and ill-derived decision caused him his very life. He may have been raised by loving parents. But he may have been one of those people that had a mindset that said, you can't correct me because you did or didn't do this or that. He may have been one of those that was even in a ministry, told his leaders, told the church, told God himself, you can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me what to do or what not to do. And yet on this day, I wish that someone had a corrected him. I wish that someone had a cause to him to want to be correct, because his very neg- narrative mm, was very negative on this day. His very narrative of his life on this day changed as well as ended. But do you know what? The woman that was being beaten, hers had changed as well. I don't think she got up that morning and said, I'm going to go over to this restaurant to buy my family some food, and while I'm there I want to get beaten by this man who later is going to get killed by me or my son because we don't know in the narrative what really happened. But guess what? the narrative for her son life changed as well. So what is a narrative? It's a spoken or written account of connected events. It's a story. It's a form of a narration of something historically or bibliography or diaries or or things, a short story. And the purpose of a narrative is for the writer to keep his, members engaged. He wants to heighten their uh, character. He wants to augment emotions and elements of work into this narrative. You know, what happens next? What ha- actually caused this to happen? Well, I want you to know, every listener on today that will listen in the archives, you and God are the only real impactors and the control of your narrative. But you've got to let him, you've got to let God help you with your narrative because too many people are saying, God, leader, I want you to cover me, but I don't want you to protect me. But I want you to protect me, but I don't really want you to correct me. So you can cover me. You can protect me, but don't, 28 and 13 says, He that covered his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Psalms 5 and 12 says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, without thou compass him as with a shield. Psalms 91 and 4, in the message version, is Psalms 91, 1 through 13, and it says, You sit down in God's presence. Spend the night in Shade's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you. I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear not. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night. Not flying arrows in the day. Not disease that prowls through the darkness. Not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around you. Drop like flies right and left. No harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge and the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from your path. And see, when you do that, you know that you're blessed and you are a blessing. But in order to be that, you have to be willing to be corrected. The promises of God are yea and amen, but yet you have to be willing to be corrected. Provisions of God are robust, but you have to be willing to be corrected. The leadership of God and that he's giving you has to be able to correct you. The faithfulness of God, he's faithful to you, but he has to be able to correct you. The loyalty of God is awesome, but yet he still has to be able to correct you. The finances of God mm, are never ending, but yet he still has to be able to correct you. He gives us food and shelter and all that we need, and yet He still got to be able to correct you. He's present because he's alpha and omega. He's omnipresent, but yet he still has to be able to correct you. The peace of God surpasses all understanding, but yet he has to still be able to correct you. The joy of the Lord is unspeakable, but yet he still has to be able to correct you. So it made me think, God, you've got all of these provisions and these things that You give us, and yet you have to be able to correct us. But that young man who was killed, no one could correct him, not even the bullet, because he died. So many times people think in order to be a father, you have to be a man. But I want to give you another definition of a father. They begat things, their founders, their producers, or whatever. They place responsibility on the origin of the cause. They care for, it. they look after something, they institute things that originate somewhere. Therefore, what God has instituted, is the fact that if you're a parent, you're a leader, God himself cannot correct you, then he can't cover you. If he can't protect you, it's because you've told him, I want your protection. I want your covering, but I don't want your correction. I want your provision and this or that, but I don't want your correction at least they should not be saying this because they want your blessings. And some of you know people want the blessings that you bring to them. They want the provision you bring to them. They want the peace. They want everything about you, but they don't want your correction. But if you want all of these things that God provides through me, then why won't you take the correction that he provides for you? Now, see, this is personal. It's personal to me as a leader. It's personal to me as a sister. It's personal to me as a mother. It's personal to me as a worker. It's personal to me, period, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a follower of God. Why? Because God says he loves those who he chastens, who he corrects. So many will deflect and say, you can't correct me because you didn't do this or that. Or all you do is correct me. But they forgot about the times you spoke life into them. They forgot about the time when God used you to bless them. They prevented forgot about the time when God used you to give them provisions. They forgot about the times God did this or that or that. All they remember is the correction. Well, you want to know why? Because there's a fine line between conviction and condemnation. See, the enemy wants you to take the correction and walk in condemnation. God wants you to take the correction and come to him and say, as my sister minister Sylvia says, God, what do you say? God, why did you allow this? I accept what you allow. So why did this happen? Why was this said? So that conviction can move you into complete healing and wholeness. See, this is a bit and hard pill to swallow. Why? Because many of us, when we think about fathers, we're thinking about the parent, the dad, the papa, the biological father. Well, many of us are fathers in a sense of not a father that begets a child, but a father or an author of a ministry, the person that instituted a protocol over a certain ministry or even a uh, program or service, you fathered it, or even if someone else instituted it, you took it over. On last week, we had the awesome privilege of interviewing a son, Minister Stanley Wright, and also a man that was a son and a father, Minister Brandon Kies. And some of the questions we asked them was about how they define fatherhood, and how and who were role models, male role models in their lives, and the job of being a child, a father, a husband, and a provider. One of the things we did not talk to them about, and I, and I know why, because of what we're talking about today, was what are some things that you can father without being a DNA father? The Bible declares in Psalms 103.13 As a father has compassion on his children So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him Proverbs 22 and 6 says The message version Point your kids in the right direction And when they're old They won't be lost You know, they say train up a child In the way they should go There's another version of it But see, many of us forget that Sometimes the kids is the congregation. Sometimes the kids is the people you've been placed over in ministry or working along with in ministry. And so as you point them in the right direction, they won't get lost. You have to realize that the enemy will still try to come to cause them to go in the wrong direction. See, when Adam disobeyed God, and didn't submit to him totally. He ate the apple. Although he was promised that he would be the father of all of us, he still allowed someone to distract him away from his God-given mission. See, Noah, he was assigned to protecting the promise of God and to follow what God told him to do when he built the ark and to obey him. See, we forget that obedience is not a sprint, but it's a never-ending, lifelong marathon. We forget That even when we're faithful to God in our very weakness, when we fall into sin, it doesn't mean that our Father has changed the direction for which we are to go. Abraham was a fox, but he had shortcomings. Abraham was a fox. And yet people said he made foolish mistakes. Abraham was a father, but yet he genuinely wanted to please God. Abraham was a father, and yet his lifelong dream and goal to obey God because his role as a father figure and a father of many nations, was God divine. Isaac was a father. But yet, Eli, Isaac was a father. And yet, his parents suffered from favoritism of one child over the other. He wasn't perfect. But he was still a father. Jacob was a father. And yet God had to show him how to trust him and how to benefit from his many blessings. God had to show him how to lose in the battle and yet keep fighting, but not to fight against God himself. My God. And yet, God had to constantly remind him how he was His sovereign, master, teacher, and God, and that He knew the plans that He had for him. Moses was a father, but it didn't stop him from spoke, uh, slowly, uh spiking and hitting and 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 doing. What God told him not to do, God told him to speak to it, but he spoke the rock, he hit the rock. He didn't speak to it, but yet he was still a good leader. He knew how to have intimate fellowship with God. He knew how to follow God's laws even when he didn't follow. Joseph was a father. And God had to teach him about the integrity of man and the rewards of trusting him and mercy, my God, and obedience that can result from humiliation and disgrace from the very people who are close to you, friends or family. David was a father. Yet God had to teach him about continual repentance and self examination and to have and stay in that close walk with God. God taught David patience, God taught David humility, God taught David courage as a leader. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. God taught David bravery as a leader. God taught David faithfulness, the leader. God taught David grace and mercy as a leader. See, God, our Father, he's constant. He never changes. He's faithful. He is love. God, our Father, is infinite. Yes, he's he's a great God. God, our Father, never changes. God, our Father, is self-sufficient. God, our Father, is all powerful. God, our Father, is devoted to us. God, our Father, even with his all-knowing self, knowing that we're going to fail him, knowing that we're going to do this and versus that. He's still love, and he's full of being perfect. His wisdom is unchanging, infinitely true. He can never not be true. He's God, and he's good to us. He's full of loving kindness. Psalms 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is. He's just. Jeremiah 32 and 4 says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. We have to know that even in all the grace that God gives us, those that are guilty, like the young man that had the audacity to keep saying he was going to knock the lady out, and he kept trying to knock her out. but Nobody was there to correct him. And would he have even accepted the correction from a holy God or a holy person? Because too many people want our blessings. They want the glory of God. They want the presence of God. They want the anthem of God. But they don't want the correction. They don't want the attribute of correction. They don't want the glory that correction brings. I had to learn as a child not to touch the fire because it would burn. I had to learn as a child not to touch electrical things while my hands were wet or, or to touch them without something rubber or something that would cause it not to electrocute me. I had to learn to look to the left and the right and all around before crossing the street. I had to learn to obey my parents because when I obeyed them, there were benefits. And some of those benefits are some of the things that I didn't have to do in life because they had already done them. My mom and dad lived their life, and they even taught me through God, and God taught me himself, I'm not responsible for their decisions. Although their decisions can go on from generation to generation, I'm not responsible for their decisions. But I am responsible for my reaction to those decisions. And that's why I'm so glad that God shows us grace and mercy so that we ourselves can show grace and mercy. And so if you did not hear what God gave me this message about, it was about God wants to cover us. He wants to protect us. But he wants us to listen to him. He wants us to hear him. He wants us to obey him. And when those directions and those corrections come from an earthly vessel, Ask God, as Minister Sylvia says, what do you say? As God has given me, I accept what God allows. God, you allow them to say that. What am I supposed to get from that? God, don't take your love from me. Don't turn me over to myself that I end up in being a reprobate because I'm not listening. God has given us chance after chance after chance to get stuff right. And we keep coming up with an excuse after excuse after excuse. Many times we want people to go with us, to support us, and they won't. Because God wants you to keep your focus on him and know that sometimes you're going to have to do things alone or even with just one other person before the crowd follows you. But you got to do it. Many of us have thoughts and visions and innovative ideas, but we never start them. And even when we start them, we never finish them. God is a divine God, and he's about completeness. Complete whatever God has called you to. And that even goes for me. In Jesus' name. That's all that I have, Minister Sylvia.
1: I thank God for the word on today. I thank God for allowing us to hear the word on today. I thank God for teaching us how to be accountable for the things that is placed in front of us, correction. I thank God for us learning how to accept correction. I thank God for the instructions about recognizing that we have learned to be corrected from the beginning, from the touch of God, at even the time when and how he are allowing us to be brought into this world, whether it's a natural birth or a C-section. However it is that God allows us to come into this world, is because of correction. And once we get here, we're going through the stages of being corrected. The lines are open for anyone that's on the line that would like to make a comment on today. Speak now. The lines are open. Well, I thank God for those that was listening in that are not able to make comments. But it's dealing with talking with God at this time because they have not followed the rules of accepting correction or they're asking God to put in their heart to come to him to say, God, help me with accepting Teaching and stepping in in a situation where there needs to be correction. God, thank you for the scenario that a possibly like was able to uh, show us that because of the lack of and the unwillingness, the results of what happens when someone don't recognize the need for correction. I don't know what most of us got out of the message on today, God, but I just ask us all to ask you, God, what do you say? What is the message you have for me? Even if you're talking with someone on today, whatever they got out of it, ask God, is that what you're to get out of it? If you hear God say something else, don't be scared to say, well, I saw it in another way. Because the prophet gave us different scenarios, what if this way, what if that way, what if someone else. God teaches us how to step into the willingness of wanting to be corrected. So we're so glad that you all joined us for today's lesson. Again, I say that. I'm going to um, give you our closing remarks. As far as our program schedule, and then I'll give it back to the woman of God to give us her further words of encouragement and to give us um, the prayer for the prayer to service out. Is that okay with y'all? Okay, then. Let's go. So we thank you again for your time on Sunday morning. While you're on your way to church or you may be leaving early morning service, or you're just out listening, or you just want, wanted to join in the program, we thank you for taking that time. We thank you for the new ones that have been the first time listening to Smile 3E, e, Iron Shopping, Iron Ministry, Blog Talk Radio. We thank you for hearing God's voice to say this program is for you. We want to say um, we're here every Sunday morning at 9 p.m., 9.30 A.M. Central Standard Time, 10.30 A.M. Eastern Standard Time, with a possibly like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser with Let's Talk. We're here on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our Let's Talk program. Also, um, I'm I'm going to be the, the host, the co-host with Minister Ron Montgomery and Mother Tony. Montgomery. We will be here tomorrow night. Please tune in at that time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you come back next Friday, we will be here on Blog Talk, Smile 3E, as well as on Facebook with uh, the ministry that God has gave me to minister to the people Friday night. So we want to say to you all, please join us then. Again, if you forget the time, it's 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This Monday night, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, Mother Tony Montgomery and Minister Ron Montgomery and myself will be hosting what God has to say about the family life, biblical family. We don't know if it's going to be about the siblings, the mother, father, the children, whatever. We're going to just ask you to tune in to see what God has placed in their hearts to give up to us on tomorrow. We want you to know our foundation of Scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And today, one of the add-ons is receiving, accepting, practicing, and giving in the spirit of correction. So I thank you again. Um, possibly, let it's back in your head. So you can have the closing words,
0: please. Amen. First, I want to thank God for allowing myself and Minister Sylvia to actually um, raise man children, amen. And for us to know that we were not what a lot of people say, don't don't, don't tell me Happy Father's Day because I'm not a father. I'm a mother who, as Minister Sylvia as well, we were led by the Father, our Heavenly Father on how to raise then child, how to raise a man. And if it had not been for us depending on God, the Father, our Father, we would not have been able to, as I gave other definitions of Father, Amen. to institute Amen. correction, to yeah. institute um uh, biblical direction, to institute the manhood that they had to learn, to institute us knowing how to go to this person or that person to help, to institute them respecting their grandfathers and their fathers and their uncles. So the things that we fathered in them were from the heavenly father. And we always pointed our young men to God, not to us but to God. So we fathered a biblical direction in their hearts and their lives. We pointed them in the direction so that they wouldn't get lost, like the word said. So if you're pointing these young men that you're raising to God, if you're a father and you're pointing these young women uh To God Because there's no woman in their life Know that God Will be a father and a mother To the fatherless And the motherless Just obey God And remember we're going to um, See on next week If God wants us to continue this um, Instruction on fatherhood And women fathering But you're not a father You just father Another word for author And institute direction Father God we thank you For teaching us the difference between being a father and fathering concepts and principles. We thank you for teaching us how to honor father. We thank you for showing us how to love father. God, I'm We thank you, God, for showing us the very essence of fathering. For every father that you've allowed to be in our lives, we thank you. For every mother that has fathered fatherly principles dealing with what you taught us through your word, we thank you for them, God. We thank you for the prayers that Minister Sylvia has already prayed for Minister Margot, and for Father. We agree with those prayers. We stand united with those prayers. And most of all, God, we thank you for answering those prayers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen,
1: amen, amen.